Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CDL Podcast channel. In this episode today, we've actually got kind of an abundance of news. We've got our game modes for the year confirmed, our schedule for the year, new point system, uh, some new things coming to the CDL this year, as well as uh, some MW3 news. So pretty chocked full of news. And that's basically what we're going to be covering today. And then in just a few short days, uh, Thursday night at pretty much 11 o'clock, our local time or roughly midnight, the game releases. It'll probably be broken on the first night like every game always is. The servers will be broken, but hey, it's technically going to be out by the end of this week, so um, closer than ever, and can't wait for that. If you guys enjoy this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop a follow, drop a five-star review. Last episode of uh, the year when the new game is still not out, so excited for that. We won't technically have like CDL matches to talk about for the next few weeks. It's about a month away, but at least the game will be out so we can kind of talk thoughts in the game, maybe watch uh, like kickoff tournaments and talk about those, but something to talk about finally that actually has to do with the, the new game being played. So excited for uh, all that. Let's just jump right into this one. Brock, how are you doing today? Oh, doing pretty good for this, you know, fine Monday in Wisconsin. It was actually warm, like 60 out. <laughs> Surprisingly. I bet, you, I bet you this is going to be the warmest day we record a podcast for probably the next five months. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's not going to be 60 again for a long time. <laughs> yeah, so that was definitely surprising, but, you know, overall, good day. Not a fan of, you know, getting it's getting dark earlier, but, you know, hey, got some COD to play, I guess, in a little short week, less than yeah, a week. Yeah, I'm <laughs> on my drive home at 445, and I can already see, like, the sun is setting. It's not, not a fun time. Yep. Um, But we actually have a decent amount of news to cover today, some exciting stuff. We kind of have a rough layout of what our year is going to look like. Not necessarily like super happy with the schedule, but some positive changes were made in terms of like a point system for this year. They did granted. It's not a ton of a difference. There is certainly some uh, difference for like the higher placing teams. Um, But there is at least some difference and land is weighted a little more heavily, which we've all wanted basically forever. Land Mm -hmm. matches should always matter more than online. Um, so good to see, but we'll jump into all that. There's a lot to talk about. A majority of this podcast is probably going to be uh, covering this schedule. So um, the general schedule, except really champs, was all confirmed. Uh, we'll just go through it quick. Major one is in Boston with qualifiers from December 8th to January 21st. And the tournament is that following weekend from January 25th to the 28th. So we talked about this one a little bit, but interesting choice, Brock. Boston for major one in, in January. Um, and we have the right to say that because we're not like... A, People from the South are from a warmer spot in the U.S. We're from a cold spot in the U.S. Uh, and I think even both of us would say interesting choice to put mm-hmm. um, a, a tournament in one of these cold weather states in December and January. Because people that aren't from the area, they are going to have a, a rude awakening when they land uh, in Boston in Dece- or in January. Yeah, Boston in January, zero degrees. <laughs> yeah, if they're lucky. Yeah. You know, interesting, but you know, hey, what can you do about it, I guess? Well, and especially interesting, like following last year where that was major one or like an early one and like New York barely got to the event and like, just, like, I think like Scump and Methods and like the watch party or whoever, um, whatever major that was, they like had to stay home because like they couldn't get there in time. Like interesting to put it there after you had so many issues last year. Yeah, definitely. You know, could be a blizzard like last time. Could fluctuate, mess up everyone's schedule and delays. Yeah, it makes makes no sense. Yep. All right. Then major two. Also, the I forgot to mention the qualifiers for this one are like super, super long. 
December 8th all the way to like almost the end of January and January 21st. And I think that's probably because they're taking like some sort of break for the holidays for like Christmas, New Year's. Mm-hmm. Which is why oh. that one's probably a little extended. Yeah, definitely. And also the seven matches uh, qualifiers are going to be like a little bit longer because I'm assuming they're adding like a week. I saw like two of the major qual. I think it's like f- major one and major four are like four weeks long or whatever. I mean, I can look at these dates and then like two of them are five weeks long. Uh, mm-hmm. So interesting there. Um, then major two is in Miami. Now that's a much better destination as somebody who lives in a cold weather state. Miami in February and March is a nice destination because, you know, up here. Uh, in the northern part of the U.S., February and March still very cold months. Um, yep. So Miami, perfect spot uh, for the qualifiers. Uh, the qualifiers are February sixteenth to uh, March seventeenth, and the tournaments the twenty first to the twenty fourth of March. Uh, so a little bit of a gap in there. Tournament uh, major one ends the twenty eighth of January, and we don't see any more matches until February sixteenth. But a better location, in my opinion, for this one, Miami, just because, like, like we said, it's going to be cold in a lot of other parts of the U.S., so at least Miami should be pretty warm. Yep. We can always count on Miami being warm. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Major 3, Toronto, seems like a, a yearly theme at this point. That's, what, three years in a row now? Yeah. They've gone to Toronto, which I'm not complaining. Toronto seems like an amazing city. I would love to get to an event there. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit better dates. I don't know. I know Toronto obviously gets very cold, kind of like us, but... Uh, the qualifier is from April 12th to May 12th, and then uh tournament from May 16th to the 19th, which for us, May isn't like the absolute warmest month, but honestly, the weather is usually perfect here. It's usually like 70. So Toronto, I would think should be pretty good in May. Um, that mm-hmm. would be an event that I would love to go to. May in Toronto seems like it would be fantastic time, but um, that's major three. Yep. And then major four, new location for us in Charlotte. I, I mean, they had the, the Raleigh, uh, like Pro-Am was it last year? Yes, the Pro-Am. Yeah, and then Major 4 this year is in Charlotte. Uh, the Royal Ravens hosting an event, online qualifiers from May 24th to June 12th with a tourney from June 20th to the 23rd. Um, and then Champs rumored to be like July 11th to the 14th that weekend in July in Dallas, probably hosted by Optic, if that's the case. Oh, yeah. 100%. Hopefully that is true, you know. Maybe you'd like to go to that one. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a fun one to go to Texas. Um, better for us also because probably a cheaper trip for us if we decide to go to Champs again and head down to Dallas, probably cheaper than uh, like LA, like they like to go and certainly cheaper than Vegas. That was my first time in Vegas for Champs last year. And let me tell you, that's got to be like the most expensive city ever. Oh, yeah. You can't it's... do anything cheap. Nope. You just got to pay for it. Yeah. You <laughs> want a dinner, you're, unless you're going to like McDonald's, you're paying a lot for that dinner. Um, obviously, casinos are. Uh, you're probably going to lose a lot of money there. It's pretty pretty hard to win money at a casino, especially in Vegas. Um, mm-hmm. Just an expensive yeah. city, so I'm I'm glad to see it in Dallas. I've never been to Texas, so if I end up going to Champs this year, I'm I'm excited to do that. Yeah, same. Have not been to Texas. Um, but yeah, that's the schedule. It's a little bit disheartening in some ways because we we do start in early December at least. We don't have to wait too long from the game's release, but then we're wrapped up by like early July, mid July. So that means yeah. the off season once again will be from mid July all the way until probably December. Long time. So another like five month long off season for no reason. Yep. No reason. You know. I don't know. I don't. Know what I, thought this, <laughs> I thought this was like a, a general take that everybody's like the off the off season is too long. But then I was listening to like a little bit of the flank, and I heard like Ake saying like this is just too long. Like 
we need to like compared to regular sports like why do we have a longer off season than a lot of them like they need the recovery time and esports you don't really need it and like ben was like well that's a terrible comparison and i was like it's <laughs> it's not a terrible comparison because like that's the point of an off season in in traditional sports is that like like think of a sport like um especially for our american listeners football it's a brutally physical sport where they play from like early September until the final game is in February. And a lot of teams are done obviously before that, because it's the Super Bowl in early February. So what they play for like five ish months. Mm-hmm. And some of them are only playing for like four um, to have like a six, seven month off season. But that makes sense because that is a brutally physical sport that takes a toll on your body. So you need time to recover. Yep. Um, I, it's not a newsflash to anyone, but call of duty, not nearly as physical as football. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> you don't really re- require like recovery time. Sure. This is, it's, you know, mentally draining and a lot of time. Um, and you just, you wouldn't want to put all that time of your life for 12 months a year and have a no break. But like a season from December until late September wouldn't hurt. If you're going early December to late September, you still would get like all of October off. Like you'd have like a, a one month off season to the game and a two until the tournaments. Or even if you did to like early September, you could have mm-hmm. the rest of September off. Um, like champs first weekend of September, you have the rest of September off, October off. So you get a two month off season from the game and a three month from the actual season to December. That would make way more sense than this five month off season that we have now. Yeah. I would love to see that change go through the near future. I, I honestly think at this point it might be a money thing. I think the CDL is just trying to save so much money because like they're already hosting all online qualifiers which saves them a ton of money in terms of operation costs and then they're cutting the majors down to four so mm-hmm. they have a, a one less tournament to run and then they're cutting the season way short so they have just less lands they have to play it's just, it just seems like a money thing yeah i mean yeah it, now you say that it does seem like a saving money wherever they can <laughs> yeah um some other news for the schedule, though, more more positive news. Uh, well, first, people had a big scare because the website, like it seems to do every year, like looked like they were trying to say that only the top eight teams are going to go to each land, but apparently it was just like a mistake, and it means that the top eight are going to go to winner's bracket, yep. and then the bottom four are going to go to losers, but they seem to scare us with this every year, and some years it's been like legit where they're like, nope, only the top eight teams and qualifiers are going to the land. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how they seem to screw this up every year, but nobody wants that. We want all teams at all tournaments. Yep. Um. Like I mentioned earlier, the seven qualifiers per major instead of five this year. Um, and here's the big thing, Brock. The the online qualifiers are still worth 10 CDL points, but land points have increased. So I'm going to go over those quick, and then we'll get your thoughts on them. So 9th through 12th, if you're basically eliminated, lose round one, don't win a match, you still get zero. 7th uh, slash 8th, you get 15 points, which is up from it was 10 last year. So obviously, that means that you won one match. You get five extra points over... Uh, the the typical online qualifier if you get fifth slash six so top six you get 30 points up from 20 last year so 10 more points for getting that fourth place gets you 45 which is up from 30 last year third place gets you 60 points when it only got you 40 last year second gets you 75 and it only got you 50 last year and then first gets you 100 points and it only got you 65 last year so basically you get like an extra um five points each step of the ladder except uh, a little bit extra for first so overall mm-hmm. the higher you get like the more of a difference you get from last year so the land points have gone up which is a good thing because um if you're a team that consistently performs on land but struggles online i feel like you should get 
more weight because typically, as we always say, LAN is, you know, the more legit measure of who's the better team. So I feel like teams that perform highly on LAN, like there's one team that like is going five and two in every online qualifier, but getting top eights. And then another team that's going, you know, I don't know, three and four in every online qualifier, but getting consistent top fours. I feel like the, the top four team on land should be the team going to champs, not the team that consistently just wins online. Yeah, I do like that. The point bump, you know, because, you know, some teams are just, you know, they don't want to do, deal with the online with the connections, you know, from like Florida to like Chicago or all the way to Vegas. It's definitely yeah, a jump in like ping. And like the more they wait land, the more I like it also because like teams want to have these home bases where like Miami wants their players in Miami. But as we've heard a lot of times, like the connection there struggles sometimes. So online is tougher. We've obviously seen the thing with like LA thieves before where they want their players out there for content, but then seem to struggle a little bit more online because harder to play from LA connections, not as good. The more and more they can increase land significance the more you can maybe have these players at home bases, which can, you know, maybe lead to them making more content, which is something that's needed for the CDL. It's mm-hmm. kind of where my mind goes, but also at the same time, you can't completely make online worthless because it's just, people aren't going to watch it if it's worth nothing. I mean, your, your diehard fans are still going to watch because they enjoy watching, but uh, there has to be something to play for in the online matches at the end of the day. You can't just make it useless. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I feel like this would be like a, a good like like the good teams you know compared to like a fluke team you know doing good online getting the, getting all those points and then going to land and bottoming out and i yeah we might see some more separation this year also because like teams like phase i'm gonna guess phase is still probably gonna do very good online uh if there's seven qualifiers i'm thinking phase is probably pretty much every time gonna win five plus i mean at a bare minimum they're probably gonna win four yeah each qualifier probably five sometimes potentially six plus other times like they're gonna be pretty consistently high up there so they're gonna have some of the most online points but i'm gonna guess they're also probably gonna be pretty consistently finishing like third or higher on LAN mm-hmm. at the very least so we might see some bigger point differentials because there's gonna be teams in the bottom that are gonna struggle online and on LAN and just not get a lot of points but then there's gonna be your phases that are gonna consistently win online and also get a lot of top threes on land so the, the point differential might be even wider for those top teams to bottom teams this year yeah so I guess we'll have to see, but I like the point bump from from land to... Yeah, that's the only scary thing. I, I I guess it could go both ways, though. You could say, like, there's going to be a wider gap, so we might have less contenders, but also, like, with the extra points that you get for land, they couldn't maybe keep teams alive longer as well. Instead mm-hmm. of the 65 points for winning last year, they could get 100 for winning, and maybe it keeps them alive a little longer. Yeah, definitely. It goes both ways. Yep, excited for that. Yeah. Um. Then the game modes for this year are confirmed. Some people were surprised. I wasn't necessarily all that surprised for it. Uh, Hardpoint, search, and control, what we've had for quite some time. Um, Pretty Mm -hmm. much every year since that second year uh, of the CDL. Obviously, in MW19, we saw whatever. We saw domination, weird. But since then, we've seen hardpoint, search, and control. Um, Some people were really surprised to see no CTF. I mean, I guess... I would have not minded to see CTF, but I, I don't think it's in the game on launch, so it shouldn't be like a shock to anyone that control is the third game mode because I feel like CTF would really have been the only contender to replace it. Yeah, because I, I, they put CTF back in the, the actual MW. Yeah, I wasn't watching the time, but I'm pretty sure it was like demo, search, and CTF. Maybe I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I'm excited to see how hard play and control plays on a game that didn't happen before. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we feel pretty confident that S&D, especially with like the dead silence being permanent and everything, is probably going to be pretty good in this game or has, has a good chance to be good. Mm-hmm. But like you said, normally we like know um, hard point. You can always find a way to make it work, which I think we're going to find a way to make hard point work. But like you said, Hardpoint Control were never on these maps because the original MW2 did not have either game mode. So it could get very interesting to see how they work because, you know, they have to make completely new hardpoint spawns to these maps. Like, normally if we had remasters, we would know, like, um, when they remastered Black Ops 2 maps and put them into Cold War, we knew, like, oh, hardpoint plays well on this map and this map, Um, just depending on how the movement speed changes it. But on these, we're like, I have no idea because I don't know what a rotation on high rise looks like um, because we have never played hardpoint on it before. Yeah, so that, you know, I'm excited for it, but at the same time, you know, maybe the spawns will be all, all fudged up in that. <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully the spawns are fixed from the beta because they were they were pretty messed up. Yeah, or if they aren't fixed off, spa- off, off launch, you know, they get in there and fix them quick. Yeah, which, with what they've been doing so far, I have more faith and more hope that they will fix issues. Mm-hmm. Sledgehammer, that is, because so far in responsiveness to like the beta and the community as we lead up to the game, they've been very good in comparison to a lot of years. So we just can only hope that continues. Now, um, normally when a developer is being this responsible before the game, you'd be like, yeah, absolutely, they're going to do it. But just with the past of Call of Duty, we can never be so sure until we like actually see them do it. Yeah. Can never, you know, fully 100% believe them. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not upset with the game modes. I would have like to see ctf just because we know on on these maps that have played well in the past but seems a little weird they don't have it in the game off launch again from what i saw mm-hmm. um what kind of nice? spinning what were you gonna say i said it'd be nice like a little shake up and then it's just seeing control every time for a couple of years yeah it's kind of like i'm it's like a weird a weird spot because like i'm happy it's control because like the alternative probably most likely since ctf isn't in the game would be domination and hundred times out of a hundred, I'd rather play control than domination. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, like a really well balanced and good CTF is in my opinion, a much better game mode than control. Mm-hmm. Cause like I liked playing control in black ops Four. I thought it was super fun, but objectively speaking, like if you could give me the best control you've ever seen, uh, which is probably black ops four versus the best CTF we've ever seen, which I guess I wouldn't know which one it technically is. I would assume like a, Black Ops 2 or one of the MW, uh, like two or threes. But I would think mm-hmm. that the best CTF game in general is probably better than the best control game we've seen. Yeah, probably Black Ops 3 CTF. Yeah, it was kind of fluky with the wall running, though. So a lot of people probably wouldn't wouldn't like that. Yeah, that's probably my favorite one I've played because I didn't play as much of the early ones, mm-hmm. um, but definitely a little bit more fluky. People didn't like like the wall runs that you could just get lost, mm-hmm. which is fair. Or maybe you know they don't have it off, off launch, launch, but you know they put they added in in like like first month or two of the game, you know, and maybe yeah. CDL puts it in with add on like an add on to the. I so wish. It just, yeah, it just seems so hard for them to add a, a full on game mode. Yeah, mid year. I would love, and it's a good idea, and I would love to do it, but it, I just it just would be I think really tough on them to add it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think control is the best we can get because we're never gonna get like that gridiron game mode as much as i would love it uh because uplink is the best third game mode ever it's just obviously not possible without jetpacks Mm -hmm. yeah so control is just a safe bet yeah they tried the gridiron thing in world war ii for a little bit like 
tried to play it, but it just apparently didn't work, which I, I can kind of see why, because the, the whole point of it was like a lot of like one point spots and throws and like hitting wall runs to make a throw or jump spots to make a throw. And obviously it doesn't really happen when you are stuck with your boots on the ground. Yeah, it was definitely fun to play, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. All right. Spinning back to that schedule that we talked about. One more thing to mention on that. Uh, the full qualifier schedule is up on the website. We're obviously not going to go through and talk about every match because there's just a billion of them. But um, when you go through it all, like, I don't know, I saw a screenshot of day one. Day one, some bangers. It makes me excited for December 8th. I got Boston versus FaZe Slasher playing his old team. And an exciting one because we get to see new look FaZe, see if they look like they could be the number one team again, like a lot of mm-hmm. people think they could be. And I'm excited to watch the Boston roster because I think outside of our our top four they're one of the teams that a lot of people believe potentially could make some noise for a team that's not one of the top four yeah then we get lat versus seattle another exciting one because two teams that maybe people aren't as high on but two more teams that i think could have potential to be like those teams that slot in like five through eight or nine that have some upset potential um so excited to see those two and then banger of the day the day ends with optic versus nysl rematch of that um champs match where optic really thought they had it won and then they blew that zarqua hard point to get eliminated three two they thought they were or three one thought they were gonna force them at five um but they blew that we get to see nysl adding in sib and this new optic roster that's probably the best match of the day oh yeah mm-hmm. also i'm excited to see uh how snoopy plays on boston yeah snoopy and capsule sub duo see if they can hang around with simp and abizi mm-hmm so uh, it's quite a test for your first match. Yeah, I'm also excited to see Joe DeCees on the Los Angeles Thieves. Yeah, it's just like, it's really good matches because it's like we get to see like our Goliath go against like our team that we believe could be the best team outside of the clear top four yep. or what we think are the clear top four on paper. Then we get to see two of those teams that we think are going to slot in the middle, see what they look like. And then we get to see two of the juggernauts. So it's like a good mix of everything. We don't really have any of the teams we believe are going to be like bottom, bottom playing good teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be a fun to watch yeah um kind of jumping into some other esports news before we head back to like mw3 news uh, 100 thieves announced that they're spinning off juvie their uh, like energy drink and their game development studio that they had to become independent companies so that they can focus more on esports content and apparel uh, in terms of like news wise for me this is kind of exciting because like i not really like much of an energy drink person so juvie i uh, like isn't like a really meaningful brand to me and the game development studio also kind of like uh to me personally more whatever but the the independent company thing for them to focus more on esports content and apparel which is the stuff i'm interested in their esports teams their content their apparel um seems like a positive but also a very big negative because i think it said that they cut like 20 percent of their um employee base which obviously sucks to hear uh yep seems like we talk about this every other podcast some esports organization cutting a ton of employees and it's a scary world there a scary time to try to get a job in esports mm-hmm. um, so sucks for those i mean 20 percent is a significant amount of people that are out of jobs yeah it seems to be the topic every other week for us <laughs> yeah which is not what we want we want to hear a 20 percent increase in employees being hired by an esports company not the decrease yeah definitely want that <laughs> so but- sucks for anyone that lost their job, we're sorry. We hate to hear it. Um, mm-hmm. It's scary out there if you're a person working in esports. Yep. Um. All right. Back to more. Well, I guess maybe not back to more positive things. Let's cover this first because 
it doesn't affect me much and i know it doesn't affect you much but it's an interesting debate that's going on in the timeline um but apparently the mw3 campaign sucked ha <laughs> people got like early access to it this week like if you pre-ordered whatever version i think on like playstation maybe but apparently it's very short it only takes like three hours to complete and it's just not good at all uh so like courage has been talking about this for a long time but he was tweeting um about how they should just like cut the the campaign from the game and use those people and those resources to, to funnel it into multiplayer and Warzone, and like well the thought i believe is good I don't know much about it, so I could be wrong, but I just don't think that the team, I think they hire like an independent studio to work on campaign like Raven or whoever. So like, I just don't know, especially if they only had a three, three and a half hour campaign. I don't know how much that team would even work on multiplayer. I think if they cut that team, they would probably just cut them and save the money. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they would like assign those people to multiplayer. So it seems like it's a little bit of an irrelevant debate just because like, I don't think if they cut campaign, those people would immediately go into multiplayer. I think they might just be like washed from the game. But what, like I said, I don't know a ton about it, so I could be completely wrong. But it seems seems like an irrelevant debate. But I I get the thought process that Courage has. Yeah, I do also get, you know, what Courage is saying. But I feel like there's a lot of a lot of fan base for the campaign. I think there is, too. Like, I've never been. There are some single player games I like. Like a lot of people know one of my favorite games of all time is the Borderlands series. Like there are certain single player games i like i don't think i've ever played a call of duty campaign mm -hmm. that's simply because like i played all that i really like the halo campaigns when i was a kid i played all those they have i mean in my opinion a lot better story than the cod campaigns um but then i just like never i played like a little bit of like the black ops 3 campaign i think and i feel like i remember people saying that's like the worst campaign ever uh, yeah. <laughs> but i have no idea i i think like they didn't put a campaign in black ops 4 i don't think they like cut it out of that game and a lot of people complained so I mean, maybe there is a fan base, but I don't know if it was me and I'm a huge fan of campaign. I would almost be offended. Like you put this garbage out if it's as bad as people say it is only three hours long. Like if, if campaign's my thing, I'd almost rather have you just like not release a campaign than like get me hyped, make me pay for the whole game just to release that. Because there are truly some people out there that just they might just get Call of Duty for the campaign. and They're not really going to touch multiplayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if I'm one of those people and I pay $70 uh, or whatever to get the mw3 campaign and i have three hours of playtime i'd be pretty upset yeah i'd be asked for that get that refund <laughs> yeah i'd be like well you you i only get three hours of of game time that's the only thing i buy call of duty for so like if i was those people i mean at that point i would almost rather have them cut it than waste my 70 dollars in the game yeah because at that point three hours is this not worth it <laughs> yeah i can't i mean when i play a story game like i like like for borderlands i like to do all the side quests and like have the game be as long as possible because like if i'm playing the story uh like the story mode of a game or like a specific like single player only like campaign type game i want it to be long like a big robust story long gameplay like i don't want it to just be over when i sit down for one night on the game and just be done with it mm -hmm. yeah so I don't know, weird situation, but yeah, I would. I feel for the people that are big campaign people because, like, there are certain story mode and like single player games that I really enjoy playing. So if you, that was like your thing, you got excited to sit down and play the COD campaign because you've been playing it for years, and you sat down at six p.m. one night and finished it by nine. I have, I feel sorry for you because that does sound like it sucks. Yeah, man. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> uh, interesting choices from Call of Duty yet again. Um, Not all right. Shocked. <laughs> On to multiplayer stuff. Apparently, there's 114 weapons in MW3 off launch. So 37 of them are the new ones, which are the ones that I will be using. And yep. then 77 are from MW2. And I thought this was kind of just going to be like a Warzone thing. 
like how they've done in the past, like the, there's multiple like games, guns are in Warzone, but it sounds like it's multiplayer. So like the TAC and Vaz never going to be in there. If they're meta, I'm refusing to use them. I will not touch mm-hmm. them. I wonder if they're just going to ban all the MW2 guns anyways in uh, in ranked, like in the CDL. They definitely um, should. <laughs> but 114 new weapons I plan to touch, not a single one of the MW2 weapons. I only want to use the new ones because I'm assuming the mastery camels, which we'll talk about in a little bit, are separate. Like I, I think for the 37 new weapons, I'm assuming like the, there's a separate mastery camo for those and MW2 maybe has a different one. But interesting choice, I guess the lack of or the the amount of content, I guess, is cool if they're in multiplayer, but also like kind of overwhelming. 114 weapons in the game off launch seems like a ridiculous amount. Maybe maybe good for Warzone, but doesn't sound great for multiplayer. Yeah, 114 weapons in about 50 attachments per weapon. <laughs> yeah, probably something like that, unfortunately. Yeah, too much, too much. Um, 37 new weapons, though, seems like decent, because like if you think, I know they, I don't have the list. I mean, I know they did like release a, a list, but if you think like maybe six or seven ARs, SMGs, uh, gets you to like 12 to 14 guns, maybe another five LMGs to 19, four or five Marksman rifles gets you to 24, four or five snipers, 29, a couple melees gets you into 30s, few pistols and shotguns, you know, something on around there gets you to about 37 new weapons. So it seems like it'll be a good size for weapon classes, six or seven for the primaries maybe, and then four or five for secondaries. So it seems like yeah. it could be a decent, I forgot launchers too, but it seems like it could be a, Decent little grind for the mastery camels, which we can talk about now, Brock. Some some pretty good looking camels for what we've seen in some recent years. I would take it very bright. <laughs> yeah, which I don't know. Some people, I guess, like more realistic camels. But for me, I always think uh, that like bright, bold, super like flashy camos. Like I want the camos to look really cool. Like, I want them to be extremely vibrant, colorful. Like, I don't want them to look like a realistic standard, like, hunting camel that you see in real life. Yeah. Like, like I want them to be vibrant, bright colors, pink, purple, blue, orange. Give me all the bright neon colors and, like, cool patterns and yep. uh, reactive camos, which Interstellar, uh, the, the final MW3 mastery camo after, like, the gold and then like the diamond and other ones they have is like a space camel like Dark Matter, and it is animated. So huge W there. Mm-hmm. That is a Love w. animated camos. Yep. I wonder... Oh, I, was, uh, I wonder if uh, it like changes colors. I don't know if, if it changes colors or if like the camo itself just kind of moves around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but either way, I hope the grind isn't like insane insane because i have done like i did dark matter in black ops three and four and two games i really love so hoping this game's really good and you know if i get the time i can try to grind as much towards it as i can because it looks really cool um then for you zombies folks you also have mastery camels which is cool um the mw2 weapons have mastery camels which i plan to not do at all yep (laughs) Uh, i do not plan to do the mw2 guns because i don't want to use them again but some of them look pretty cool uh i just saw this one brock i think you'll like this uh, I didn't see this tweet before, but Charlie Intel said Modern Warfare 3 will feature weekly challenges with rewards like weapons, aftermarket parts, and new camo. So who cares? I don't really care much about the weapons and the aftermarket parts, but like I see one called Golden River Camo, which is like a vibrant blue and yellow camo. So it looks like there are certain challenges you can do every week to unlock new camos, Ooh. which I think is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I'll... After the week's over, if you haven't done it, I wonder if you can still do it or not. 
I'm assuming you can because like here on like the screenshot it says weekly available during season zero. Next week unlocks in 10 days, 23 hours. Oh, yeah. So I'm assuming you probably can't. I'm sure it's like a seven days. Like I see the challenges here for multiplayer you have to complete all four weekly challenges. Uh, and some of them don't look that hard. Like it's get five kills like with a weapon. Get five operators who kills you with a recommended weapon. Um, like they'll tell you whatever weapon to use. You have to get like five kills with it. Um, 20 operator kills with a silencer. 10 sliding oh. kills, a triple kill with a sniper. 20 kills with a certain gun. Like, they seem pretty easy. Yeah. And you okay. can just get a camo, and that'd be kind of cool. Like, if a really cool camo pops up for you for the week, you could just unlock it. That'd be some some kind of cool. Yeah. The only thing, I, the one challenge I hate the most is the long shot middles. Yeah, and you just got to sit somewhere on the map. I, and you know those are going to be in the game. I know. It's so boring. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the, like, the Mastery Camos, too, here, like, for the MW3 opens. Gold called gilded it's whatever to me a lot of people love gold i even in like the og games besides like black ops one gold and like the first cod i played i've never been that big of a fan of gold mm-hmm. um but it's whatever it's gold camel then there's forge which to me it kind of again is kind of whatever i don't know if you're looking at the screenshots right now but it's kind of it's just like a silver camo it's like the diamond of this game i think it's kind of whatever yep. i see it um then this priceless camo is animated it's the, like the third tier that one looks pretty cool to me it's yeah like a, bright blue and pink and apparently it's animated so that one's cool and then like the final one the interstellar i, I think is very cool because it obviously reminds me of dark matter which is clearly what they were going for yeah i, I like the interstellar one a lot actually yeah i'm a big fan of the priceless one because i like i said i just like bright colors <laughs> yep Man, so cool camels overall a w obviously we got to get in the game and see them and see how probably impossible they are to get but overall animated camos bright colors w for the game i would say Overall, for now, until we see all the challenges, excited for now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Jacob Hill posed an interesting question on Twitter, and he basically said that it shouldn't be allowed for franchises to keep turning down events and refusing to host in their home city. Like, I want to know your thoughts on this, because I have a pretty strong opinion on whether I agree or disagree with it. He basically was like, yeah, like, there's certain franchises, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a good example right away, but, like, because, like, Toronto's hosted, New York has, Optic has um it landed it early but like hasn't since mm-hmm. um like la's refused for a while now who's a team i'm just like am i missing one like seattle uh, did seattle host and no they hosted halo they haven't hosted any cod yeah so like i don't know it, it's it's an interesting debate because like i don't know what are your thoughts on it do you think that these franchises should be allowed to just keep saying no and turning down events and just never hosting one in their home city um i feel like for me, the only reason that they would they can like they should be able to turn it down is because they can't financially like support it. Yeah, but also at the same time, like you bought into this league, you should ideally have the resources to at least be able to host one event or yeah. the league help you out. You would I think. Just, like <laughs> I get not doing it every year. Like what Toronto's doing, I'm sure is expensive and I know they're losing money on it. Like I would have to believe like hosting one every year and like optic kind of hosting one every year. But like for these teams like Seattle, who still have yet to host a major and they've been in the league since the beginning um, uh, or like Miami, they're finally hosting one for the first time. Now they got new ownership. Atlanta hasn't hosted one since MW19. Like I feel like maybe there should be a requirement that like, at least every three years or four years, whatever, you have to just host one major. 
Because yeah. like like he said, like it's unfair to the even the fans in these cities, like that you're just like refusing to host majors. Like, how are you supposed to activate the the local fan base and stuff and like create hype around your team when you just never have that home event? Like we saw the the Minnesota home event, craziest esports event I've ever been to. Like the fans showed out. Clearly, we're cheering for Minnesota over Optic, which probably no team's like ever been cheered for over Optic since Nade Shot's been a thing, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and Minnesota fans far and away cheer louder for Minnesota than they were for Optic. Yeah. I just like that's the whole point of this, like the city based franchises is to travel to all these different cities and host all these tournaments. So, I mean, if you got in the league to just skid by and not shell out any money for events just makes no sense to me i strongly think that these teams should at least every few years have to host events in their home city yeah i guess like you said at least like host one uh every three years every three or four years all you gotta do yeah that seems a lot more you know doable for these well because you know teams that don't want to well yeah and we also know that every team can host one every year because we don't have 12 majors like yeah you're gonna be safe you're not gonna have to host one every year just to shell out that money every few years, which if you're in the league, you should be willing to just host one event every four years or something just to, you know, keep things up for your city and keep them interested. Um, Mm. I guess like one thing we didn't mention when we were talking about that is people, some people are upset because like the, the geographic locations of all these events and we've got a lot of UK listeners, I'm sure. I mean, you guys are better with your geography than we are over here, but um, for anybody to keep a track of where these events are, Obviously, Charlotte on the East Coast, Miami, pretty much, you know, like an East Coast city. Uh, Dallas, not East Coast, but more Central U.S., if that's in fact where Champs actually is. Uh, Obviously, Southern U.S., but pretty much in the center of it. Um, Toronto, obviously more towards the eastern part of the U.S., um, over there in Canada. And then Boston on the East Coast as well. So people are a little upset for our West Coast people. I'll say... I don't ever feel bad as somebody from the Midwest. <laughs> I know you'll have the same sentiment. I don't ever feel bad for people that are like, oh, like the locations for it suck. Like, welcome to our life as people from the Midwest. Everything happens in mm-hmm. these events on the East Coast and the West Coast. It's so like the West Coast people that are complaining, like, sure, I guess it does suck that you have to travel across the country. But like, welcome to Brock and I's life for all these events ever. We have to travel very far. That's why we were yep. so excited for a Minnesota event back in the day. Yeah, that was close. You know, excited for that. <laughs> like, that's the closest we get is a seven-hour drive. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, the people that are complaining, I do. I, I'm kind of half joking. Like, I get if you're a person from California that loves COD events, it does suck that you have to travel to at minimum, uh, like Texas, or if you don't want to go to Champs, you want to save a little money, you want to go to one of the other events. It does suck that you have to literally travel across the country, go to an event. Yeah. But I have a little bit less sympathy as somebody from Wisconsin. We don't ever get events here. So like when we had the Minnesota event, uh, it was awesome. Like, I mean, Brock and I had to fly across the country to Vegas uh, yep. just to go to champs. Like we always have to fly somewhere. Yeah. And we got the, the Madison, uh, Minnesota, like one day thing. Yeah. Which was cool to be able to drive. I mean, for us a couple hours to Madison was pretty cool, but like still, um, it does suck for you West coast people that you do have to you know fly across the country. But, um, you know what else sucks? The EU people. How about the people in Europe who can't even get an event in their continent, I know. let alone their country? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel for them. Yeah, especially now that there's no franchises left over there. Although, maybe they could one day, like Miami, being a, a Spanish-based org, could convince the CDL to let them host an event. Like There was like a rumor there could be one in Madrid, uh, which would be super cool for the people over in Europe. Yeah. 
100%. obviously even if you're not from spain madrid uh, a lot closer trip from the uk than it is coming to the u.s mm-hmm. all right last thing this is kind of a weird thing to end on but i saw it and uh, it's one of your your guys so i thought you'd want to talk about it donnie temp announced his challengers team which includes him fellow neptune and two real so I mean, first thing, kind of weird that Donnie is in Challengers, obviously, but thoughts on, on his Challengers team? Uh, it sounds pretty good to me. I mean, fellow, you know, pretty good in the league last year. Neptune's like a Challenger warrior, it seems like. Yeah, he's a Challengers Reaper. Yeah. And then, you know, Turiel, you know, he's pretty, pretty good. You know, I, li- I like the squad so far. Yeah, it's and cr- a little, little experience. I think Turiel and Fellow played together. Yep. Um, I know, obviously, Turiel and. Donnie did on on Vegas last year. Yep. And you know, just you know, kind of weird seeing Donnie. You know, he's in challenges after a good year last year. Seems like he could be a potential player though that will pop off a little bit at least individual numbers wise, and then maybe there'll be a couple ARs in the league that are struggling a bit post major one. And Donnie seems like I would think he'll be one of the the early potential pickups for struggling ARs because. As much as we don't think like, oh, this player's got potential, this player's got potential, happens every year. There's going to be some teams that are really struggling and just aren't working out. Mm-hmm. So Donnie probably going to be a prime candidate, and especially once again, four majors, shortened season, uh, majors being worth more, teams are probably going to be less hesitant uh, to pull the trigger and just make changes when they have to because shorter season, and like we said, land counts are more, and you're maybe more willing to try different stuff online because it's weighted a little bit less this year. Yeah, I would say so. And as weird as it sounds, because he's in challengers saying he has a better reputation is weird since he's in challengers to start this year. Unlike he has been in the past, but I do think Donnie's reputation as a player and teammate uh, has been significantly boosted mm-hmm. in the past like year or two. I feel like he's people see him much more as level headed before he was seen kind of as a, maybe a little bit emotional at times, a little hot headed at times. Um, a little bit stubborn, but people maybe didn't view him as a good teammate. But I think the perception on Donnie has changed a lot. I think he's matured a ton. Um, yeah. So I don't think like that'll be a barrier for him either. Yeah. Donnie, Donnie has came a long way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also, I mean, I mentioned a little bit, but this team seems very good. Fellow is, is a very good AR. Like you said, Neptune has been seemingly struggles when he gets in the league, but challengers-wise, seems like he's always placing pretty consistently high. And then two real also another player that seems to do pretty consistently well in challengers. And like you mentioned, also looked much better when he got some time in the league last year. Oh yeah. Definitely a lot better than his Florida stint. His Florida stint was very rough. Looked like he should never see the, the league stage again. And then his, his Vegas stint, while it wasn't like amazing, was pretty solid. I mean, it led him to Vegas, best placement on land for the year when he was on the team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. That's about all we got. I just wanted to mention Donnie's, challenger team pretty quick nothing else though and i mean our next episode brock will feature us at least being able to talk about uh playing pubs on the game at least a little bit maybe we'll hop into like a s and d gb at some point on the weekend just to play one and talk about our experience on a, a competitive match yeah uh, excited to play the game it's about time um a couple other games i like to play here and there, like valorant but nothing really for me scratches the itch of being able to play a game like like call of duty does it's always been my game yeah. for i mean 10 plus years now yeah nothing's like nothing for me like call of duty gives the same like cod 
yeah, just a game that I've played for so long. It feels so much more natural. So I'm excited to play, but got nothing else. If you're ready to wrap it up, um, nope, got nothing else. All right, that's gonna do it for this one. The final episode before MW3 releases. Um, so if you guys enjoyed this one, be sure to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. If you're on the audio platforms, drop that follow, drop that five star review. We appreciate all your support as always. We've made it, guys. The next time Brock and I are on the mic talking to you. We won't be in the CDL season yet. We'll say we made it again in about a month when the matches are here. But uh, we can say there's really, I mean, now that I think about it, shoot, after this one, there's one, two, three more episodes after this one. Until the fourth episode from now, we'll be talking about our predictions for qualifier matches. Yep. So we're done with episodes before MW3 is out. We have three where we'll just probably be talking about the game and scrims. And then four episodes from now, we will be right in the swing of things, talking about. Uh, the Call of Duty season, making predictions, reacting to matches, which, I mean, as you guys can imagine, for us, makes the podcast so much easier to talk about and just like the the stories write themselves. We're just talking about the Call of Duty season, uh, which is much easier than what we've done for the past five months, which is just trying to make up uh, stories and content weekly because, you know, it gets dry out here. So excited for the season to kick off and MW3 to come out. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you in the next one.